These are four simple but powerful motivators that can serve as a guidepost for winning women's business. Women want to feel a connection to you, your brand, and your business. They want to feel inspired to buy. They want to feel confident in their buying decision. And they want to feel appreciated for their business. Hello, and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina McCarter. Hello, listeners. It's Katrina McCarter, your host. In today's episode, we speak with Bridget Brennan, the CEO of The Female Factor and author of Why She Buys and her brand new book, Winning Her Business. In this episode, Bridget and I shine a light on customer experience. And Bridget talks about just how important it is to deeply understand women's buying behaviors and styles so that you can create winning customer experiences in your business. She shares some game-changing insights around sales, marketing, customer experience, and consumer insights. So some of the things that Bridget and I explore in this episode include why Bridget believes the consumer economy is female, she talks about why customer experience is so important amongst mothers, and she also introduces us to the notion of the women's multiplier effect on sales. We discuss the difference between transactional and holistic buying styles, and Bridget identifies four key motivators that marketers must address to win over women. She highlights some best practices brands can adopt and discusses techniques for creating experiences that will really differentiate your brand. She highlights mistakes to avoid when marketing to mothers and shines a light on key trends in women's buying behaviours. So sit back and enjoy hearing Bridget's expertise and tips on how you can improve your customer experience for mothers. Our guest today is Bridget Brennan, the CEO of The Female Factor. Welcome to the show, Bridget. Thank you, Katrina. Delighted to be here. I am delighted to have you here as well. Now, I'd love to just jump straight into this, Bridget, and I wanted to ask you, in your first book, Why She Buys, you wrote, if the consumer economy had a sex, it would be female. I'd love you to share with our listeners what you mean by this. Oh, yes. Well, that's right. If the consumer economy had a sex, it would be female. I wrote that because women make the global economy go round. They are the engine of the global consumer economy. Uh, driving between, as you know, Katrina, 70 and 80% of consumer buying decisions uh, with their own money as well as with their influence. Influence, of course, means even if a woman isn't paying for something, herself out of her own pocketbook, she is typically the influencer or veto vote behind somebody else's purchase. So when you add up all of women's influence and spending in the marketplace, the consumer economy is overwhelmingly driven by women's purchasing. 
I love this. And, and you know, the phrase I use here in Australia is that women are the powerhouse of our economy. And I love your, your take on seeing that the economy is, is female. Now, you've recently published your second book titled Winning Her Business, How to Transform the Customer Experience for the World's Most Powerful Consumers. First up, I just wanted to congratulate you. I'm actually planning on writing my second book this year and I know what a feat and an accomplishment you know, it is to, to find the time to, uh, to, to get this published. What can readers expect when reading your new book? Are there particular themes that you are tackling? Yes, uh, this book, Winning Her Business, is focused on customer engagement. So it's all about smashing stereotypes about women as customers and bringing an inclusive lens to the field of sales and sales engagement. Uh, Overwhelmingly, the majority of top-selling sales books are written by male authors, probably about 90% based on my research. So this book, Winning Her Business, brings a fresh perspective to customer engagement. It's a concise and go-to guide written by a woman about women for everyone. I love that. Now, you've got pre-orders open now. By the time the podcast is released, uh, people, this book is available now and I would encourage you uh, to have a look at it. One of the things I know you speak about in this book is the notion of a woman's multiplier effect on sales. What do you mean by this? Yes, women have a strong multiplier effect on sales, which is due for a couple of different reasons. This multiplier effect has a few different dimensions. The first is that in virtually every society in the world, women have primary caregiving responsibility for both children and the elderly. And it's in this role as chief purchasing officer for the household and caregiver that women are out in the marketplace not just buying on themselves, but buying on behalf of others. And so that women are the gateway to all other consumers. So when you have a a very loyal and satisfied customer who's a woman, you have the opportunity to reach everybody else in her household and her network. So that's one part of the multiplier effect. The other part of the multiplier effect is that Women tend to drive word of mouth publicity for the brands and businesses that they care about. And we all know that these days, word of mouth publicity also includes social sharing. And women tend to dominate the biggest social networks online, which is a story you don't hear much. So women talk to their female friends about great buying experience. They've talked about a great deal if they find one, great service if they had it, or on the other end of the scale, women will talk about a terrible experience so that they can warn their friends away. And generally speaking, in female culture, women talk about buying with their female friends in ways that men typically do not with their male friends. And that's because women recognize that their female friends are typically in charge of uh, provisioning for the household in the same way that they are. And so they're passing along valuable tips and resources to one another. I completely concur with you, Bridget. This is something we see in Australia, and we see it very prevalent in Facebook, in closed Facebook groups 
where we see mums really uh, feeling like it's a safe environment where they can share their tips and brands that they want other people to avoid. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Oh, absolutely. There's a whole world of ecosystems inside uh, these f- closed Facebook groups of, you know, swapping products with one another and um, passing passing on things that maybe one person's child has grown out of and passing it on to the next. It, it's You're right. That is a hugely robust space. Yeah, we've actually found in Australia 66% of mothers belong to a closed Facebook group, which is just for mothers. Whoa. Yeah, which is a huge statistic. And that's really where things, that's really where people are talking about their buying experiences. So a really important platform for people. Now, I'm wanting to talk to you about women's buying behaviours. And I want to understand if they adopt any particular buying styles. Yes, well, you know, We all have different buying styles and sometimes it can depend on the time of day that we're buying something, whether we're in a hurry, whether we're emotionally engaged with the product or not. But generally speaking, women are brought up to think about buying in a big picture style, what I call a holistic style. So for example, you know, a woman might be looking at, let's say a new, a potential new blouse. She's not just looking at the blouse. She's thinking about the whole outfit. What else is going to go with it? Same thing if a woman might be looking at something, if she's planning a dinner. Yes, I've decided on my main course. What's my side? What's my dessert? If I'm looking at a lamp, hmm, if I bring that big lamp into the living room of my home, is it going to change the look of my house? Am I going to have to rethink my rug, my paint color, etc.? This is a big picture style of engaging in the marketplace. It's very comprehensive. Uh, Women are constantly thinking about what else goes with what I'm buying. And so, of course, that is an opportunity for brands and businesses. And women often look at it as something that's very efficient and productive for them to do. If I can find everything I need all at once, it's going to save me, you know, future trips or future transactions if I can get it all now. It's a it's a practical buying style. I, I concur completely agree. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was these four key motivators you believe marketers must address if they are going to win women over and actually create that emotional connection. Can you share with us what these motivators are and how a marketer might go about addressing them? Well, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. We live in such a fast-paced business environment. The word disruption is overused, but it does feel like every day there is a different disruption. And I believe there's so much that people feel they can't control about their work. To name just three, you can't control the economy, you can't control the pace of technology, And you can't control the weather, which in many parts of the world has a huge impact on buying patterns. Uh, And most people could probably come up with 50 more things that they can't control about their work. But happily, marketers are in charge and in control of what is arguably the most important factor of all, which is their customer's experience. And so based on more than a dozen years of consumer research, I've identified four key motivators that influence women's buying decisions. 
Number one, motivator number one is connected. Women want to feel a connection to you, your brand, and your business. Number two, they want to feel inspired to buy. Number three, they want to feel confident in their buying decision. And number four, they want to feel appreciated for their business. These are four simple but powerful motivators that can serve as a guidepost for winning women's business. And while you may never hear a customer use those exact words, they are really the positive emotional outcomes that can help you earn more sales, loyalty, and business. Need some help attracting more mums to your brand or business? Marketing to Mums can help you. This marketing and research consultancy founded by your podcast host, Katrina McCarter, can assist you. Marketing to Mums can identify gaps and unmet opportunities, undertake research to determine who your most profitable mum segment is, and help you create a strategy to gain a commercial advantage in the marketplace. Email hello at marketingtomums.com.au to find out more. the best practices that brands can adopt when it comes to customer experience? Well, I have a lot of wonderful case studies about this in my new book. Uh, But some of the best practices are, I would say this, this sounds like an obvious one, but I'm surprised at how often it doesn't happen, even with bigger brands. It is, you know, continually conducting market research with your consumers. Because the customer journey is changing so quickly these days, the way people are buying, how they're even getting to a place of business, where they're buying online, their preferences, they're changing so fast that the consumer journey in your business might have changed dramatically in the last three years. And if you haven't done large-scale research in the last three years, it's time to get out there because the consumer is just moving too quickly. And what I find is often people aren't engaging in the research quickly enough. They're letting too much time lapse between research projects. And as you know, there are many ways to conduct research that can be fast. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money with all the technologies we have now. So staying in tune because not only are consumers changing, women are changing. Female culture is changing all the time. Arguably, female culture has changed quite a bit just in the last 12 to 24 months. So to stay relevant with women means to be able to understand how female culture is changing and not just the broader commerce culture. I actually see this as the greatest fundamental and so critical to a brand's success. And I see this too in Australia, that it doesn't matter about the size of the brand. A lot are actually losing trust and they're not all, they're losing trust amongst mothers because they're, they're lacking that deep understanding and they're not, they're not staying relevant and they're not understanding some of the changes to her behaviour and sales are starting to decline. So I completely agree with you, Bridget. There is, it is so imperative that brands are really researching. I agree, probably every two to three years, mums are changing rapidly. 
Yes, and, and being able to use the same language, the same cultural milestones, being able to lead the conversation, not just participate in the conversation, but help lead the conversation with your consumers requires you to be right there alongside them in the cultural moment that we're living in. Yeah, look, that's actually a great segue to the next question that I really wanted to ask you, which was, you know, we're seeing that competition is increasing and brands are always looking for, you know, ways that they can create a competitive advantage. What are some of the techniques that you would suggest that marketers could use to create experiences that really differentiate their brand? Well, I would say that there are so many opportunities to elevate the ordinary. Even even if you look at a physical environment, even looking at the way, we all talk about merchandising and everybody knows about merchandising, but there are still there's still so much low-hanging fruit out there like let's take signage. Uh, if you know, if you think of a selling environment as a stage, signage and decor are like the supporting cast, and so much signage within retail environments is still purely directional or just has the name of a product on it that can be found in an aisle, and it's a lot of real estate the signs that could be used to be speaking directly to consumers with inspiring messages. So I see that as one low hanging fruit opportunity for almost anybody with a brick and mortar presence to re look at their signage. Are you speaking directly to your customers or are you just putting up nouns and names of products and not taking that opportunity to inspire them? It goes without saying that all brick and mortar retailers are looking for ways to evolve the customer experience. Uh, here in the US, we have seen, and you could share with me if you've seen this in Australia, for example, movie theaters to remain competitive against uh, watching at home. Now you can reserve a reclining seat at a movie theater. You can get restaurant quality table service. You can get wine. All of these things that didn't even exist for the most part. Uh, not so long ago. We're also seeing mashups of interesting brands. Uh, for example, Walgreens, which is the, uh, the leading drugstore in the United States, has formed a partnership with Birchbox, which is a subscription beauty and health and wellness service. It's a new economy business and brought that brand and created a space in its stores. And, and, we, and we know that everyone from Amazon to Warby Parker to Allbirds, e-commerce originating businesses are opening up brick and mortar stores. So I think what a really enticing opportunity there is today is these interesting mashups between non-competing brands, brands from different sectors of the market who are each speaking to a customer in a similar way, but offering something different. And I think that is the space to watch over the next few years. That's something we've definitely seen here in Australia. I'm not sure, Bridget, if you've had the pleasure of actually trying some Vegemite yet. It might be something that I bring over to the US with me this year when we meet uh, oh, in person. Indeed, I have. I used to live in England and Vegemite is quite popular I there. I think they have Marmite there, but 
Vegemite has it. Oh, maybe you're yeah. right. Yes, I think you're Vegemite's right. Yep, you're right. Bit, Sorry. Vegemite's a little bit different. I'll bring some over. But we've, we've seen a lot of mashups with Vegemite doing things in the chip category, the crisp category, and also oh, in with chocolate. So the mashups is certainly a trend we, we are seeing here in Australia. With the movie experience, we're definitely seeing very similar experiences that you have in the US, and that's continually evolving. Uh, a lot of the standard cinemas now are upgrading, so it comes quite standard for you to have a reclining chair now, and they're very much almost like flying business class in in an aircraft. Oh, I love your phrase, elevate the ordinary. I think that is is just a great way to capture that notion. How can you elevate the ordinary and do something different to really differentiate your brand? So thank you for sharing Oh, sure. And, you, you know, the way I think about it, uh, Katrina, uh, is that we're all accustomed to continually upgrading our software to stay current. But we don't tend to think about analog experiences the same way. But just as we must continually upgrade our software to stay current, we have to upgrade our customer experiences to stay relevant. I think that's so true. Now, Bridget, we've, we've spent some time talking about the things that marketers need to have a look at. What are some of the things that marketers need to avoid at all costs when they're marketing to mothers? Well, uh, you know, one of my favorite uh, sayings, uh, which is from my book, Why She Buys, is uh, pink is not a strategy. And really what that, what that encapsulates is... Uh, Stereotype avoidance is critical for connection. And uh, you, you tend to see pink being used as a strategy by brands that are maybe new to marketing to the mom space or new to marketing to women. But overplaying feminine stereotypes is absolutely something that tends to turn off women. There are exceptions, of course. There is nothing wrong with the color pink. But in, in gender-neutral categories, an excessive use of pink and only pink can come across as a cliche when targeting women, unless you're raising money for breast cancer causes or if you're in the fashion and beauty business. And I would say cautiously approach other stereotypical images for women as well. Red stilettos, lipstick marks, swinging purses. You know, there are a lot of there are a lot of stereotypes out there for women that women recognize because we've been marketed to for many years through stereotypes. And so I would say uh, to remember that pink is not a strategy is number one. Yeah, look, um, one of the things that we've, uh, we've really seen is uh, we went out and asked more than 1,800 Australian mums, you know, what are the biggest mistakes that brands are making? And then number one, they felt brands were making the biggest mistake was around stereotyping. Uh, really? And they'll really pen yeah, they'll really penalize brands that are perpetuating stereotypes. So it is something that, you know, globally is an issue for, for mothers and women. Uh, so for the marketers listening out there, please be very conscious around uh, avoiding stereotyping in all your communications. Have you read Marketing to Mums? How to Sell More to Australia's Most Powerful Consumer? This best-selling book was written by your podcast host, Katrina McCarter. In it, she shares her eight-step framework to increase sales and profits. 
Whether you are selling a product or service, Katrina's methodology will provide you with the roadmap to growth. You can get your copy from Amazon. Now, we spoke about it a little bit earlier. We were talking about market research and its importance. Um, You know, I see it so incredibly important because mum's behaviours are are changing so rapidly, but it also really helps us identify new new trends for our clients. And I'd love to hear some of the trends that you're seeing which are driving mum's buying decisions. And specifically, I was wondering if you could share with us maybe three of the biggest trends in marketing to mothers that you're seeing which marketers should really be aware of. Well, I think that and these are some of the trends that I, I'm covering in winning her business. Uh, one is call, what I call the mini-me effect. And this is the fact that parents and kids are now often aspiring to and using the same brands and, and services Whereas in previous generations, uh, you might have had to wait to grow up before you got access to these brands and activities, whether it's, you know, flying overseas on a, for a vacation or just flying full stop on a vacation or, or going to a resort that has a kid's camp or Maybe you're wearing a pair of Converse Chuck Taylor high tops, and so is your 14-year-old son wearing the same brand, maybe drinking this, you know, going to a place like Starbucks. So we're really seeing that there is this sea change. It used to be in previous generations, kids didn't want anything, weren't into anything that their parents were into didn't listen to the same music, didn't wear the same clothes. And that has very much shifted. Uh, We see this alignment of parents and kids actively enjoying many of the same brands and activities. Are you seeing that, Katrina? Yeah, look, I I mean, I'm even lightening that at home. I'm actually discovering some great new places to eat and cafes to go to from my 15-year-old daughter. (laughs) I believe. Oh, I believe it. She's probably got her finger on the pulse. Absolutely. that is something that uh, we we see we see quite a bit in our research is that kids often uh, feel that they are the you know researchers in chief, Googlers in chief for their households, and even enjoy taking the role of showing their their moms and dads new discoveries. Can I say, um, Bridget, we really see this in travel. Um, I have a great interest Ah. in the travel industry and we see children becoming far more involved in that family travel decision now, Uh, particularly in millennial families where uh, there's more a a different kind of parenting approach. And kids are really driving a great deal of the family holiday market now and they are being influenced by YouTubers. So indirectly, we are seeing YouTubers that are targeting, you know, 10 through to 15 year olds are really driving a lot of the family decision making for around travel. 
Isn't that fascinating? Well, you know, it's if, if you're in a consumer business, it's really uh, it's really interesting to look at the opportunities that could come from embracing younger consumers, assuming your product is available uh, is appropriate for buyers under 18. But we're seeing all kinds of brand extensions here in the U.S. We're seeing brand extensions from. Athleta, which is a division of the Gap that targets women. They have Athletic Girl now. Cliff Bars, which is a huge athletic energy bar brand, has Kid Z Bars now, which are incredibly popular. And then the luxury brands, everybody from Baby Dior to all the the other uh, juvenile versions of the luxury brands and kids' camps and clubs, we're we're seeing – many consumer businesses uh, looking at this market and understanding how to cater to it. Well, that's a really key trend. Are there a couple of other trends that you've really identified in the marketing to mom space? Yes. One, the second one is health and wellness uh, as a lifestyle. It used to be that health and wellness considerations were something people thought about in terms of industries like buying food and pharmaceuticals. But now the question, is it good for me or bad for me? Well, that is a question that people and parents are asking themselves about all kinds of product categories, where we're ta- whether we're talking about things like allergy-friendly paints to vegan shampoos or SPF-infused swim shirts. We are seeing that this has become, broadly speaking, the concept of wellness, something that is huge because it encompasses so many different elements from health and fitness to spirituality, eco-friendliness, mind and body enrichment. You know, the list goes on. I'm seeing that wellness trend as well. I'm currently working with a client in the pool industry And we're seeing mothers wanting to know about the chemicals that are being used in the pool. And they produce a a product that has a very high magnesium count and works well for children with allergies. So we're really seeing that mum is asking that, is it okay for me, uh, question in right across very different industries. How about that with swimming pools? It's it's even the industries that are not obvious. It's it's fascinating, and uh, I love that example because I think it just shows just how deeply this this mac- macro trend is. And I, I hesitate to even label it a trend because I think it's here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. And then a, a third trend that I'm we're seeing here is something that I call analog appeal. And this is all about the fact that the more time we spend behind screens, the more we crave experiences. And we see, you know, how parents are actively searching for activities that provide a break from screen time and products and brands that they can engage with with their kids that take away from screen time and maybe are nostalgic from their own youth that they're bringing back into the household. Are you seeing anything like that, Katrina, in Australia? I was going to say my first business was an online shopping website and what I learned about my community of 150,000 mums was that they came to my shopping site because they were looking for experiences that were going to take them out of there every day. And they're, yeah, that, so we see that, and I've been seeing that really around the last six or seven years here in Australia. 
Wow, that's great. Uh, I'm not surprised that you have been seeing it because we all know that uh, technology has um, made such a huge impact on people's lifestyles around the world, but it, it has an impact on brands and behaviors. And this is a space, of course, that warrants uh, continual watching because it, it, it continues to evolve and change. Yeah, I agree. Now, Bridget, look, as an author, as a speaker and marketer, you have some incredibly extensive experience in selling to women. What two or three tips might you give to marketers or business owners who are listening to the show today and about what you've learned about marketing to women and more specifically mothers? What is it that marketers really need to be focusing on now? Well, I think one of the things that is very timely with our discussion today in 2019 is to understand that with the advent and popularity and adoption of e-commerce, people's e-commerce experiences have altered their expectations for buying in real life. And so... It's interesting to consider that, you know, e-commerce and now ironically is often viewed as, you know, setting the standard for a very personal experience, even though it may not involve any people that you're interacting with and understanding how that shift is impacting your business is very important because it is changing our perceptions of time, how long it takes us to get something. It changes our perception of what good customer service looks like. It changes our expectations of communication. When you are shopping through e-commerce, especially through the big sites that are well-oiled machines, there are very few variables anymore. You know exactly what's going to happen. So minimizing the variables for consumers when they're out shopping for your brands, interacting with your teams, um, is very important. I really like that tip. And then I would say that focus on the details because the small things can make the biggest impact. You know, so often we're looking for what is the big, huge idea that will change everything. And so often what makes a difference to customers are the small things. It's the thoughtfulness uh, that they are on the receiving end of that can make a very powerful difference, that can make that emotional engagement of feeling like there's a connection, that they're inspired, that they feel confident, and that they're appreciated by the brands that they're buying from or the businesses that they're buying from. This is something I definitely see in Australia and in my research what came through was it's the personalised touches that make me decide whether I buy one product or service over another. So I agree it's the small tweaks that make the biggest difference to your bottom line. Yes, and I think, and that's one of the reasons that I wrote this book. Actually, this book is is full of tips and ideas for small things that can make huge make a huge impact. Because it's so easy to overlook the details when really that's what your customer is noticing, and that's what um, drives emotional engagement. Mm. Well, that's fantastic. Now, Bridget, if people wanted to learn more about you or purchase your new book or your first book um, or wanted to learn more about the female factor, what's the best way for them to do so? 
They could go to our website, thefemalefactor.com, or my uh, speaker's website, bridgetbrennan.com, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. And Winning Her Business and Why She Buys are available wherever books are sold. Absolutely. So I, uh, for our listeners, I will make sure that those links are listed in the show notes so you can just click directly through. Bridget, can I say thank you for your generosity in sharing your expertise and experience with our listeners today? I am really looking forward. I'm actually going to be meeting Bridget in person this October at the M2 Moms Conference where Bridget will be taking the stage. So I'm looking forward to listening uh, to you and I invite our listeners uh, who would like to meet with Bridget. It's a great opportunity to hear her speak and hear her other tips. But thank you for being part of Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Thank you for having me. I loved speaking with Bridget about customer experience. My research at Marketing to Mums has uncovered that mums hold a much greater expectation on customer experience than the rest of the population. So I really see getting your customer experience right, critical to your brand success. And I'm really looking forward to reading that new book of hers, Winning Her Business. Now, if you want to hear a bit more from Bridget, you might want to consider coming along to the M2 Moms Conference this October in New York, where both Bridget and I will be speaking. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organization by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favorite guest was and why. If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.